This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Chef Hyken here. We're back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. I'm excited about this interview because once in a while, we go into the trenches. And what that means is we go to an executive at a major company and somebody that's involved in customer service and experience, and we get their insights. And that's exactly what's happening today. Carla Gazzetti is the Senior Vice President of experience and product messaging and marketing at Extreme Networks. And we're gonna hear from her. We've got some exciting topics that she shared with me that we are going to talk about. Before we get into that, a couple of quick announcements. If you've got an amazing story that you'd like to share or a question that you'd like to ask, please reach out to me on any of the social media channels because I am there. If it is a question, use the hashtag AskShep. I will answer it. In the social channel, I'll answer it in my newsletter. I might answer it on this show or on my TV show, Be Amazing or Go Home, which can be found on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Prime, and you can catch episodes at BeAmazing.tv. That's BeAmazing.tv. All right, let's get into the interview. Carla, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Well, as I mentioned in the introduction, I like to get into the trenches every once in a while and talk to an executive of a company. And hey, you're in charge of the experience for your customers and clients over at Extreme Network. And we're going to talk about all that applies to the customer experience, how you view it. I'm excited. And I have some notes uh, that were sent to me, and I, I really like the way this conversation is going to go. The first thing I want to talk about, by the way, let's do this. I know what Extreme Networks is, cloud-based, all that. Give us the the like the one sentence elevator pitch on what Extreme Networks is. Well, the one sentence elevator pitch on what Extreme Networks is, is that we look at new ways to better outcomes for our customers, right? The network is so much more than just connectivity. It connects our lives. It's been more impactful in the pandemic than ever. So we are constantly focused on how can we innovate in this space to make businesses even better because connectivity is more important than ever. Right. And again, cloud-based solution. It's all up there. The cloud yep. is huge. Uh, and why don't you just give us a little, uh, like, again, a short description. Your typical customer, it, you're selling B2B, but mm -hmm. your customers are everybody. Everywhere. Yeah. Yep. I mean, we're... Our our product really touches everyone's life. So, you know, our customers are, to your point, are B2B. We're working with, you know, a number of uh, K through 12 educators and a number of higher ed universities. We work very closely with governments, retailers, everyone. But what we do can actually impact direct to the consumer as well. Yep. So let's jump into it. Um, how about this? Diversity is the key to delivering a quality customer experience. You sent this line over to me. I would love for you to just to riff on this for a while. <laughs> well, diversity really is key because we are a global business. And I just 
briefly mentioned a couple of the industries that we work in, the pain points, the type of customers, their backgrounds, their cultures. That is, we have a wide variety that we have to serve. So we have to think about how can we design for localization when we are looking at our experience? How do we build in that template in our architecture and also in our fundamental strategy as to how we communicate, how we build that experience for our customers? with localization in mind and how can we make sure that it is meaningful and impactful to them? Because I think as all of your audience probably knows, and I I mean, I'm not going to say anything revolutionary here. Experience is about making it feel customized, localized, and meaningful to that end consumer. And I think, and I I don't want to take a little steam out of the pot because we might get into this a little bit later. That exists in the B2B space and in the B2B2C space. So it's not just the consumer that we have to think about, but also in the B2B space. How do we localize? Right. I love it. So when when I wondered where you're going to go with this, because when you think about diversity, the first thing that comes to mind is one of the hottest topics right now, which is your culture internally in an organization, the DEI, the diversity, the inclusion. However, you've got to take that to the customer as well. Mm -hmm. And I believe too many companies have been talking about, a lot of consultants have been talking about doing it internally, and we need to be thinking about it externally. Because uh, I wrote in a book, one of my books was uh, Maze Every Customer Every Time, and I use Ace Hardware as a Mm -hmm. study. And I talk about how, you know, there's Ace Hardware dealers all over the, actually, they're all over the world, 4,200 stores in over 75 countries. But if you are in St. Louis, Missouri, in a deep winter, I'm going to go to my Ace Hardware and I'm going to find snow shovels and salt. Okay. But if I am in Miami, Florida on that same day that I need to buy a snow shovel in St. Louis, I'm probably not going to find one there. That's localized you yep. know, diversity and understanding what your market needs. Exactly. It's about understanding what your market needs. And I love that you've talked about Ace Hardware because I have been to Ace Hardware's all over the country. And my for funny fact, my mom loves Ace Hardware. I don't know why. It's just her favorite. I know why. (laughs) (laughs) They're the helpful hardware place and they're darn friendly. Exactly. But that's exactly it. It's the company ethos, the company brand and experience. But then to your point, the localization of wherever you go. So you know that you're going to get that great brand, Ace Hardware brand experience. But then to your point, you're not going to find snow shovels in Miami. You're going to find, I don't know, well, sandbags probably (laughs) for (laughs) hurricane season. So, you know, I, I mean, it's, You can get the same wrapper, you can get the same wonderful experience, but it has been localized. And that is really the trick to nailing diversity and also being reflective. And as you just said, a lot of companies are spending a lot of time thinking about diversity internally. And I have to say that extreme is no exception. We think about diversity and take it very seriously here. We have a wonderful array of ERGs uh, within our company. But we have to make sure that that is exposed in our experience, particularly in our in-product experience and showing that we care about our individual customers just as much as we care about our individual employees. Yeah. And that's you're referring to that as like your experiential diversity. Exactly. Our experiential diversity. All right. Let's jump over to the concept of innovation. Um, You have a comment here that innovation can be a dirty word. I think innovation is sometimes overused. Uh, it yes. sometimes is used the wrong way. So, uh, you know, the biggest mistake a business can make is to focus on creating, uh, you know, these flashy new features, thinking that's the innovation that's going to get customers excited to do business with you. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you know, sometimes 
the innovation is just addressing the latent need of the customer. So how are we taking care of them in a way that they might not even understand that they need to be taken care of? And that might not be the most exciting, flashy feature in the world. That might just be as simple as making billing more scalable, more automated. It could be as simple as recognizing, hey, you've purchased this before. We're recommending that you're purchasing this now. These are very basic examples. But, you know, those basic examples, while they when they were introduced, were not considered the newest and flashiest thing, but they were dramatically impactful in not only how did the customer feel that they were being cared for, particularly in a digital experience, but then also it helped really excel business significantly because you're helping customers discover new opportunities. And that's, I think that is where we can really innovate. Technology, we think a lot about technology here at Extreme, obviously, and I work very close, closely with the office of the CTO. We spend a lot of time thinking about, are we innovating technology just to innovate or are we innovating technology to create a better human condition? And I think that is the space that we need to think about for innovation. It's not innovation of technology for technology's sake. It's innovation of technology for a better human experience, a better human condition. And I think that we have definitely seen that transition through the pandemic where technology really had to respond and to scale in order to address and make human life better to actually, in some cases, save us because we had to distance from one another, but we are people, we humans are meant to be connected. They're meant to be a community. And this is what we did over the last two and a half years or so. So I think that innovation in experience isn't necessarily a dirty word if you're thinking about what is your motivation behind it. Mm. You know, so many times uh, companies get enamored with their technology and the new innovation not realizing the customer may or may not care about it as sexy as it may feel to the company. Right. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, it's, and so uh, there were like three or four comments or, or points that you made with those last comments. Uh, the first is uh, innovation doesn't need to be sexy. It needs to address a need. If you're going to roll out something new, what need is it addressing? And I'll add that even though your customer focused, well, your comments are, I think you also need to be employee focused as well, because sometimes mm -hmm. we create this great technology or innovation or something that is great, we feel for the customer. And what happens to the people that have to support that customer? It's not so great for them. It yeah. becomes, uh, sometimes we create a hardship for them. And, and maybe, you know, here's a new way for our customers to do whatever. And then the support people and the people in the front line, salespeople are taking heat when they when they go, well, the customer is loving it, but man, we are just, this is creating a lot more work for us. Yep. So I think we've got to look at the inside of the organization as well as what the customers experience. Well, here's a mind bending thought that our CTO, Nabil Bukhari, just uh, he and I were talking about. He goes, employees and customers are the same people. Boom. Boom. They're the same people. Why would it be any different? And, yep. you know, we, we spend a lot of time thinking about the now of work and the now of consumption, right? And thinking about, you know, how has the world changed for the employee in our new normal, but then also how has it changed for the consumer in the new normal? And if you think about it, it's one and the same. To your point, 
employee experience is just as vital as customer experience because they're actually both customers of the business. If you think about it, the business can't be successful unless their employees are appropriately enabled through a wonderful experience. And they also can't be successful unless their customers feel like like they're cared for, that their things are being localized for them. And that is through their employee experience that's delivered to them, right? Very, very well said. What's happening on the inside of an organization is going to impact how the customer feels on the outside of the organization. We need to be looking both at the CX as well as the EX employee experience. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I'd like to talk about how there's no B2B in customer experience and a couple other ideas that Carla Gazzetti is going to share with us. Don't go away. We're coming right back in just one minute. Hi, Shep Hyken, your customer service and experience expert. And I'm excited to tell you about my new book, I'll Be Back, How to Get Customers to Come Back Again and Again. Now, this book is packed with idea after idea on how to, just as the title implies, get your customers to come back. In the book, you'll learn that repeat customers aren't always loyal customers. Now, both are great, but there's a big difference. You'll also learn about 10 reasons a customer may stop doing business with you and three reasons you would stop doing business with them. And one of my favorite lessons is a six-step process for creating an I'll-be-back strategy. Of course, there's much, much more. You'll start getting more of your customers to say, I'll be back almost immediately. Just go to www.I'llBeBackBook.com. Again, that's www.I'llBeBackBook.com. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio. We are talking with Carla Gazzetti, the Senior Vice President of Experience in Product Messaging and or Marketing, depending on how you want to look at it, at Extreme (laughs) Networks. And I love the conversation, the way this is going you have this comment, there is no B2B in CX, customer experience. Let's talk about that. Because I I, I know where you're going to go with it. At least I think I know where you're going to go with it. And I'm 100% on board with it. Yeah, I mean, there really is no B2B in, in CX. And what I mean by that is that, guess what? They're customers too. Yes, <laughs> yes. They are consumers. And not they are the that, consumers. They're basing the experience they have with a B2B company on the best experience they had with any type of company. Exactly. And it's probably going to be Amazon, Apple, Nordstrom, you know, Zappos, who knows what, you know, those types of companies. And now we're talking about network communications, uh, manufacturing, whatever it is. They're thinking, why can't they be as good as, true story, I've talked about this on the show, and then I'm going to let you talk. Uh, <laughs> there is One of my clients is, is a hospital chain, and they mm-hmm. ordered a half a million dollar piece of machinery, and mm-hmm. it showed up early, and they had a build out for this piece of machinery in, in the hospital. They were building a special room, I don't know, sanitation, cleanliness, mm-hmm. whatever, electricity, all that's going into it, and the thing shows up early. And this is what the C, not CEO, but one of the high level execs said, they were upset. And he says, you know what? You know, I order, I order uh, toilet paper from Amazon and at least they send me an email to tell me it's on his way. Don't think that they could have done this with this half a million dollar imaging equipment that we bought. So they compared that to toilet paper. (laughs) Well, I mean, if you really think about it, it, we're, we're dealing with the same thing, which is humans. This is a human experience, right? So B2B, 
of course there should be the same expectations as, you know, when you're ordering toilet paper from Amazon, because Amazon is trying to support the human experience. They're, they're trying to make you more informed so that it's a better experience. Why B2B companies don't consider that, I don't know, but I also don't think that's entirely true. I think that there are a lot of B2B companies out there that are being asked, how can we pick up our game? And how can we make it so that our customers are having our, a better experience and those consumers are in the B2B space? It's selling to another business. Having to integrate with another partner for a significant amount of time is really tough. You have to make them feel supported and curated. And you know, when we were talking about localization, when I think about that, most of the time that localization is to another business in another country. It's not necessarily always to an end consumer. Mm. And uh, we have to be able to make sure that they are feeling that they are supported so that they go, hey, when I work with Extreme, it makes my life so much easier. I can't possibly think about not working with, I can't possibly think about working with another partner. Right. So number one, you, you said this earlier in the conversation, the product that you have makes their life better, but the experience that you deliver makes doing business with you better. Exactly. That's like a one-two combination that can't be beat. <laughs> well, that's what we're aiming to do. <laughs> Knock out the competition. But the other other thing you mentioned over and over again, you keep talking about the human experience. This is what it's all about. Whether it's technology, whether it's a process you put in place, uh, anything happening behind the scenes, if it's not doing something to drive a better human experience, either for your employees or your customer, it's probably, uh, you should think twice about doing it. Not saying you shouldn't do it, but you really need to give some serious thought to it. Why are you really doing it? Yeah, you have to give serious thought to it. And then also you might just be throwing good money after bad, right? If you are not thinking about how can you support a better human experience within the framework of your business, then you might potentially be investing in the wrong places and not being able to scale or to you know expand your market. You never know what might come from a better experience. We all know that, hey, it's just like a friend. If you want to hang out with your best friend, you're going to continue to invest time with them over more time with them over time, right? We It's the same thing. We want when people come to Extreme, we want them to feel like, hey, I have a friend that cares, that supports me and makes it easy for me to hang out with them. You know, we all have those friends where you're like, they're fun, but they're a little difficult after a while. I think yeah. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, the easiest way to get rid of that friend is to just distance yourself. And that happens when you stop calling them, you stop checking in. Uh, exactly. You return the calls the right way. You know, in, in business, you do that to a customer. Your friend's going to probably give you a few extra chances, but your customers will. Your customer absolutely will not. Yep. All right. Let's jump to a completely different topic. Uh, you believe that Gen Z is changing the customer experience game. Gen Z, the young generation, is becoming one of the largest powers of uh, in buying. Now, yep. they're not necessarily senior level executives in the B2B world yet, but boy, you have an opportunity to influence future decisions if you do it right. Um, 100%. They're not. So no, are they making high level purchase decisions yet? No, but guess what? They're influencing all of them. Yes. Who is doing the research for those high level decision making? It's Gen Z. And we spend a lot of time thinking about Gen Z and how they, what their expectations will be in network management in the future. And this is a generation that has grown up with a 
mature Apple experience. Let's face it. Apple's experience really ran, really innovated and, and changed the standard and expectation in technology. They were the first ones to truly pioneer the idea around customer experience in the sense that it's simple, it's easy, it's intuitive. And that is what their expectation is of everything. We've talked a lot about on so far on the podcast talking about mostly B2C examples with Amazon or um, you know, any kind of major retailer that's touching directly to consumer. The thing that Gen Z is going to do is they're going to raise that expectation. And we're starting to see it in B2B, but in their experience in B2B, that is going to be their expectation. They're not going to want to have to have a degree in engineering in order to set up a network. They expect that they should be able to educate themselves on YouTube videos and that the uh, UI and the UX and the design and the experience is so intuitive that they can set up, move on and start to really look at what are the analytics of what their network is delivering right away. That is going to be their expectation. Oh, and they're going to expect to be able to do it from anywhere. So they're going to be able to, they're going to expect to be able to onboard and manage their network from anywhere, which means that it all has to be mobile friendly. Right. And, and, and hence, it's all up there in the cloud. And things, I don't know, 10 years ago, what was the cloud? The cloud was the <laughs> white thing up in the sky. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sometimes it got dark when it rained, but otherwise. <laughs> but the, the clouds, you said something really important. Uh, you mentioned the YouTube video tutorial, self-service options that are yep. that easy so that they don't have to call and wait on hold or, or wait for support ticket to be answered. Those are very, very crucial things. Uh, and uh, really interesting, uh, the Gen Z mentality about tolerance. Uh, in our customer service research that we do every year, uh, by the way, sponsored by Amazon, have to be <laughs> mentioned that, very proud of them uh, for stepping up to do that. The uh, really uh, cool thing that we found was that who has more tolerance? And you would think Gen Z, impatient, they went on phone, no. They're far more tolerant than boomers, the older generation. And maybe it's because when you're younger, you have all the time in the world, okay? But as you get older, maybe time is so precious that it becomes, uh, it allows you to say, I need this now. I don't want to wait and and uh, that kind of thing. I know I'm kind of going off in a, you know, what is that? Squirrel, a, a rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, I mean, I would challenge, I would challenge that a little bit. So yes, boomers, Boomers definitely, they're less tolerant. They're more likely to bounce right away. If it doesn't make sense right away, they're, they're frustrated. And I can say this with experience. I mentioned my mother already on the podcast and she's very top of mind. My mom lives with me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm that girl. So my my mom You're lives that with me. girl. I'm that girl. My mother lives with me. I'm explaining an iPhone on a regular basis. And she uses it, you know, she's using the iPhone, which is fantastic. But, you know, it, the frustration that I see from her right away when it's not intuitive, it, it's, it's true. So they will drop right away. Gen Z is more tolerant because Gen Z is used to engaging with technology. But I would argue, particularly in the B2B space, they're tolerance for not for their tolerance for complexity over time is reduced and i think that they are going to have expectations particularly in b2b that you are here to make my job easier vendor and i expect that the experience that you deliver is going to match what i grew up with as a consumer experience so i think Ooh. in that context it's yeah. actually different that's another one. You dropped the big one on us right there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. 
Well, we're starting to wrap up here, and I always end the interview with my final question. And you have been, uh, I'll use a great word, a plethora. You've provided a plethora of information. How's that? <laughs> Thank uh, you. Uh, a cornucopia of information. <laughs> <laughs> what is your one final nugget you absolutely want everybody to know and understand and take action on? I think the final nugget, and this shouldn't be a surprise if they if you're if they've been listening to us chatter over the last few minutes, it's think about the human condition. You know, at the end of the day, it's we are a we are a species that requires community and we want to feel cared for, we want to feel supported. And if you want to have an effective business game plan, you have to put the human at the heart of it all, whether that's and forget about if it's employer or consumer or business partner or whatever. It is that individual, it's that person. And that's the last piece of advice I would give anyone. I love it. You know, it, what you're what you're talking about, this whole conversation is just, it's so human centered. And here you are, a technology company, a, you know, a communications networking company. And yet it's all about the human experience, making it better for people. And that's exactly. what it's Yeah, beautiful, that's, beautiful. And that's what we're about is creating different new ways for better outcomes for humans. Bingo. All right, everybody, that wraps it up. Another interview. Carla, thanks so much for sharing your insights with us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Oh, thank you. We'll be back next week with another amazing interview. And until that time, this is Chef Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.